When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, calling all dog and cat lovers. This episode is dedicated to you. First, we're going to chat with Carol Bryant of A Dose of Reality. And later, we're going to get catty in a good way with Danielle Bales of the Humane Society of the United States. So first up, our first guest, she doesn't need to wear a superhero cape, but she does proudly sport a tattoo on her left bicep that reads, my heart beats dog. Those four words perfectly describe our special guest's mission in life. She's the founder of Fidos of Reality, which I'm going to stumble on, Fidos of Reality, and she is the past president of the Dog Writers Association of America. Please give pause and applause to the one and only Carol Bryant. Thank Welcome you. to the show, Carol. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is my little Alvin, my 11-month-old. Uh, he'll be a year old soon. Uh, American Cocker Spaniel, who is loving the new year and is the puppiest puppy in all of Puppyland. Puppy puppiest puppy? That yes. sounds... Oh, I got, she, oh Alvin. Al, um, I have to get right off the bat for all of you on YouTube. Thank you for being subscribers for the rest of you. Ardenmore Channel, easy breezy, and you get to see Alvin with Carol Bryant. Uh, I have something you may never have known about me, Carol. Uh -oh. When I was a kid, I had two older sisters, and we were in Crown Point, Indiana, and we got in a, a big snow um, storm, you know, so we were, everybody in the neighborhood couldn't go anywhere, so we started having plays, and I, we lip sync Karen, Deb, and I, to the Chipmunks, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and I was, Alvin! I, I'm now, I now have even more respect for you. The fangirly <laughs> level went up a few notches, Alvin. <laughs> Hey, let's dive in. Fidos of reality. Fidos of reality. And you can spell it, say it, because it does, doesn't does just roll off your tongue. <laughs> right, right. 
So what would you like to know all about me and Alvin with Fidos of Reality, how we got started? Yeah, or yeah. so let's go back in time. I uh, I was doing my best Alvin chipmunk invitation in the young. But what made you is what what steered you toward the world of uh, pets, the pet industry yeah. and specifically dogs? Um, I've, I'm now 30 plus years with Cocker Spaniels, which makes me 40. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're ageless. I'm ageless. I, I was always a writer, but I was doing medical writing. I was doing healthcare writing. And when I lost my first Cocker Spaniel, I decided to switch gears. I always, oh. always, always loved. Remember Dog Fancy back in the day? Yes, it's I now called absorb- Dog Stir because we're they're trying stir, to sound hip. Right. I would um, absorb that from cover to cover. I just was obsessed. And there wasn't a lot out there back in the day. Right. And I, you know, we have these magazines and a couple of periodicals and that. And I just wanted to be a voice for the pet parent. Um, And and I just thought, you know, you only live once. And when I lost my first Cocker Spaniel, I thought I'm I'm switching careers. I'm switching gears and I'm switching careers. And that's what I did. I never looked back. But in a way, you're still continuing that only your focus is on the four leggers because health and wellness is still a big deal. And how did you come up with the name Fidos of Reality? I love it. And well, spell it I, for people. Yeah. So it's Fido, F-I-D-O-S-E. So Fidos of reality. I wanted it to be reality based. Get rid of the bunk. None of these, you know, it's like I tell people when you get that bag of dog food, turn it around. Don't look at that cute dog running on the front that looks so healthy through a field. Read the ingredients. I feel like I'm read the ingredients for the for Cocker Spaniels. It's this is kind of like, let's just remove all the junk. What all Good. of the. The, the fakers are saying and, and get to the bottom of what people really want to know. Just have, they want their dogs to live longer. They yes, want their absolutely. dogs to live longer and healthier, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where I insert my voice. Well, you've done a lot in the pet world and you're still younger than me, so that's good. Um, but you've been part of a group called Blog Pause. You want to talk yeah. about that? Because that, that sort of opened up. It did. It did. We That was actually, Blog Pause was like the first network uh, that gave serious voice to pet bloggers. And what started is just, hey, everybody, I'm blogging about my ferret. Nobody looked at you funny. Blogging about my cat who uh, paddle boards. It's okay. I'm blogging about Great Danes who ski. Okay. Like, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. And once a year, we got together for conferences. And suddenly brands in the pet industry started going, hey, um, we want to be a part of that because they know that we had the pet parent ear. And it really just grew into this empire that eventually and sadly, um, what happened was it got sold to PetSmart and Chewy, and I think it sort of got it's lost its way in the vortex of um, online land. But there's now the pet blogger in and of itself. Really, I think you can attest to this: pet writers, pet bloggers, pet journalists. We've arrived. <laughs> yeah, but you you were part of that wave, yeah. bringing yes. it in because I I grew up. You know, I spent 20 years as a daily newspaper reporter. I covered space shuttles, serial killers, and Super Bowls. Wow. And I, I grew up in that context of writing. And so I'm adapting, obviously, to the blog post world. But you yes. came from a health background, so you had to make sure your, your information was solid and validated. And, exactly. and to me, whether it's a blog post, uh, it's the pages of Dogster, or in a book, it still matters, right? Yes. Yeah, and credibility is everything to me. Um, I, I just... It's not an opinion blog. It's fact-based. It's um, I look at it myself as just a digital journalist. Um, what I, would I like be, that. You are a digital you know, journalist. Yeah. I, I mean, I get the resources. I talk to the pros. And I, I, it's the kind of thing that when you're lost in a moment, 
Maybe you're sitting in an emergency room with your dog and you're Googling. A lot of people find my blog in that circumstance. And let's talk about fact from fiction. So yeah. why should they be reading your blog post on Fidosa Reality rather than Dr. Joe Bob Billy's website? My uh, Fidos of Reality really is a whole picture view. So I, I'm going to have different veterinarians and different experts and Cocker Spaniel moms and dads who have been there and done that and not saying their way is the right way, but it gives you a breadth of opinion. It gives you options so that if you want to know what's the best food for your dog, you're not going to come to my blog and say, you only could feed this and you're, you're bad if you feed <laughs> You start a food fight, girl. Yeah, none of that. I mean, I'm, I'm showing you options because like people, as you know, different strokes for different folks. All dogs are different. And what works for one doesn't work for another. So that's why it's reality based. So Billy Bob Joe doctor is great. And I think <laughs> if he really you know, is a doctor, he yeah, really is go. a doctor, but you know, I want you to be able to source back everything I'm writing about. All right. There is something on your site I see, and I'm very curious about it. And it's called dog uh, minder canine health and wellness journal. What is that all about? Yeah, I, I, I can't, what a perfect cue. So, <laughs> this is the dog minder. And what it is, is um, every year I start a new journal on January 1st for my dogs. And what okay. it is, is what's happening at home with them? What's their, what, what are they eating today? What kind of weird things went down? Um, when did they get their vaccines? What's their temperature? What do their eyes look like? So when I go to the vet, I'm not like, well, what happened with my dog two weeks ago? What color was his poop? Because, you know, poop happens. We all talk poop. So I decided I love to, being talking poop. I, in my first aid classes, everybody becomes a poopologist. Yeah. Yes. So what I did was I put together the dog minder and you could literally track like easy peasy, your dog's medication, their vitamins, their meals. And then there's plenty of space for you to write notes in. And the coolest of cool, and this gives me tears every time, pet parents were telling me during the pandemic when you had to sit in your car and the vet tech would come out to take your dog in and you couldn't go, they would hand off the dog minder with the dog. And all the notes were in it for the vet. Oh, my um, God. I love that. And I, it's not a prolific book. It's nothing that's going to win an award or anything. It's just there's a lot of tips in the beginning. I give you some helpful tips. But it's a place that if you're having an emergency, you have to evacuate. You have a pet sitter. You're headed to the vet. You just kind of pop this in your, your bag and I go. like that. Hey, um, we're speaking with Carol Bryant. She is a force to be reckoned with and in the dog world in a very great way. She is the founder of... Fidosa of reality and so much more. We're going to dive in even deeper after we take this break. You all know the drill. We're just going to sit and stay. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I got my good friend here, Carol Bryant. And I've always been impressed by you because you're not static. You're not status quo. You're always looking how to make things better, this planet, for our pets. There are some things you've navigated that you didn't have. You kind of were a pioneer in your own way. I mean, 
blogging. You know, you did it in its infancy. Any tips you could give people that are thinking about doing a blog post, whether it is in the pet field or others, like what would be Carol Bryant's top three blog tips? Yeah, find a, find a niche or a niche, depending how you say it. Just saying dogs isn't good enough anymore. Yeah. You need to hyper-focus. So I talk about healthy living for Cocker Spaniels and their canine friends. Maybe you okay. want to talk about um, gerbils. Maybe somebody else wants to talk about, I really think a great blog would be how to live the big dog lifestyle, because I feel like when big dogs travel, especially like they get- Oh, that's food, good. Yeah. Right? And I think someone need unless that's out there. So number one, find, decide what you want. Okay. Really, number two, really love it because you're going to live with it. You just can't, it can't be fleeting. Be really sure and take do a self-assessment. Can I write about this? If I had to write about it every day for the next five to 10 years, would I want to do it? And, Very and good. It, All right. There's the passion. Three, get some online help from an expert. You have a passion as a start, but I'll tell you, Arden, um, blogging is a long term game. It's it's a marathon. Yeah. It's not a sprint. So number four bonus tip, have lots of patience. <laughs> and maybe have a supportive team that has yes. two, three or four legs, right? Exactly. Oh, I couldn't do this. If I didn't have a dog by my side, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> what is one thing that people would be surprised that you either do? Are you secretly a pickleball champion? Do you make the best uh, sourdough bread post-COVID? What would be something non-dog related that people don't know about Carol Bryant? So I'll give you um, one and then a bonus. Um, I love this. She always gives me a bonus. I'm a good bonus. girl. Yeah, I'll yeah. bonus tips. <laughs> when I was traveling to Global Pet Expo uh, one year, my lovely wife applied for me on my behalf to Worst Cooks in America. <laughs> and uh, they, they wanted me on the show. I got I went through all the rounds and they wanted me on the show on the Food Network. I made it. And what happened, Arden? And this is what might surprise people. I turned it down. Oh, I would have to be away for eight weeks. Oh, my gosh. Um, the prize was $25,000, which is great. But you would have to have lived in these cramped close quarters with strangers and bunk beds for eight weeks. And yeah. I couldn't leave my dog for that long. So like how is your how are you at, at cooking now? Oh, my God. We've had the fire department um, at our <laughs> residence twice over the years. And because I've I mean, I, I'm a distracted cook. Oh, I just okay. Kind of put it in the oven and walk away, and you can't do that. Excellent, that excellent. That, that's that's pretty incredible. That's pretty. It's a incredible. blink. It's a blink. So that's probably would be my um thing. But to apply for worst cooks in America, <laughs> you know that, that I didn't know that. You know, yeah. if you ever invite us over to dinner, um, I think we're going to go to the restaurant, right? We're going to DoorDash it when you come. <laughs> okay, <gonna> for sure. <laughs> we're doing takeout. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about what do you see the world for our dogs in the next five years? If you could crystal ball, because you've seen a lot of things that have happened, but what's some things that are pretty awesome that you think will be happening or possum? And yeah. what are, are some things that you feel we need to keep our, our eye closely on so it doesn't happen? What, what's yeah. your take on the next five years for dogs in America? Okay. Brilliant question for starters. Um, I really feel hopeful about getting closer to some of these dreadful cancers that are taking our dogs to Good. treatments, maybe not so much cures, but treatments. And there are such brilliant veterinarians, Dr. Sue Edinger. Um, she's Dr. Oh, yeah. Sue, cancer vet leading the charge. I'm such a fangirl of hers. Um, you know, some people want to meet Justin Timberlake. I'm like, I want to meet Dr. Sue. I really yeah, Edinger, that. everybody. E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Look her up. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's, I think she's really on the cutting edge. There's so many new treatments for canine cancers. The technologies that are there, I really feel like so many people in that have the dollars at these companies are realizing pets really are members of the family. Um, what That's what I think is one of the biggest things I see in the next. There's even blood screening now. There's this yep. on, onco canine test that um, is, is right now that if you think, you know, just screening your dog for cancer. And I, I hope within the next five to seven years, when my dog is senior, that'll be the technology will be um, more advanced. What I'm sad for is the state of affairs in veterinary medicine. Okay. How many vets are leaving the profession? How the suicide rate is up with veterinarians? Yeah. And, and, and for as an aside, everyone, uh, Carol certainly uh, knows this, but of all the medical professionals out there, the highest suicide rate is not the primary physician, is not your surgeon, it is your veterinarian. Because yeah. maybe, Carol, you can expand on that. But what a tough job because there's yeah. a lot of emotional tugs and there is yeah. economic euthanasia. And yes. they do the procedure, but it does leave a mark on them. Yes, exactly. And that's a lot. And the worst in people also came out during COVID and, and a lot of vets and vet techs, veterinary nurses left the profession because of just bad behavior. You know, I think that the dogs, yeah, let's train them. Let's train our people. I think pet parents, a lot of pet parents need some manners training and I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Wow. So what's ahead for you in 2023? What's something that makes you wag your tail? Oh, okay. So um, other than raising Alvin, he just completed his first year of life. Um, I'm looking forward. To- <laughs> what a lucky dog. I mean, really. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. And um, this year I plan to finish a book. I'm writing a um, a fiction book, a oh. pet, pet related, dog related fiction book. Um, it's, it's sort of a, um, it's the kind of book that you, I hope is a page turner and don't want to put down. And Rather I'm than watching- a page chewer, like your dogs uh-huh. will do which my dog does very well. Um, and I'm also launching a pet copywriting business this year because I have nothing else to do. So what um, is this going to be called? We've got a couple smart, minutes left. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, smartdogcopy.com. And what I'm going to be doing, I saw over the years, all these different brands that are, are going after pet parents and they just don't know how to talk to them. And so I want from everything I've done for myself with success, and I've helped some of the biggest brands in the, in the world basically grow. Morton Salt. Before Morton you land, salt. Hey, yeah, read doc- your bio, yeah, yeah, Doctor Harvey's and Zymox and PetSmart and Chewy and you know I want to do this for the small to medium sized business to help oh, them. Oh, nice. So, so what is the difference between being a good writer and being yeah. a good copywriter? Getting them to take make the purchase. Getting oh. them right now. One is more educational, contest focused, and the other one is really just knowing what's in the pet parent's mind to really give them the information so that they'll say, "My dog absolutely needs that." And I trust it because, see, I've got ethics. So I'm not going to work with brands I don't believe in. Yeah. Well, can you give me a phrase that would be like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, wow. Wow. So how about my heartbeats dog? That, okay. that really, that's at the crux of who I am. So everything that I do, if I think, if I'm going to get involved in this, is this is go back to my mantra. It's got to be something that's helpful for the dogs and not just a fly-by-night company or somebody who says they've got the next best thing. So mm-hmm. how do people find you? Tell us we got about 30 seconds left. Everywhere on the entire internet on FidoseOfReality.com. So no matter what network you're on, that's where you'll find me. And I, I always talk to people. If you email me, you have a question. Absolutely. I'd love to talk to you. Oh, man. The time has gone too quickly. Oh. 
But we're going to have you back because there's so much more about Carol Bryant that we need to know. And hey, everybody, stick around because after the break, we are going to get catty with a purpose with Danielle Bales of the Humane Society of the United States. She is a cat trivia whiz. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I am your host, Arden Moore. Our next guest is a longtime animal advocate. And, and get this, I love her title, a cat trivia whiz. Please welcome to the show from the Humane Society of the United States, Danielle Bays. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thanks, Arden. I'm really excited to be here. It's a, a catastic opportunity. I love this. Her official title, everyone, is... Senior Analyst for Cat Protection and Policy. Dun, 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 dun. I love that. That's probably cool at a cocktail party, right? Um, I usually just say that means I'm the cat lady. <laughs> oh, but the official cat lady with policies. And yes, I think cats need policies for the 21st century cat. Please tell me, Danielle, have we come a long way, Kitty, or we still have a long way to go? We have come a long way. Okay. That doesn't mean we're at the end of the road. We still yeah. have a lot to do, but we have made huge strides in how we help cats, especially in our animal shelters and in our communities. You know, it really wasn't that long ago when the standard policy was for for our animal shelters, the, the agencies that we we've entrusted with helping animals, the best thing that they could do was to catch these. Um, you know, the cats that live outside, what we used to call feral or stray or alley cats. And the best option they had was to euthanize them. There weren't any other options. No, and no, that's no. That's not no. the standard anymore. People love the cats that live in the community and they want them to, to get spayed or neutered and to get vaccinated and come back and live in their communities. And cats do a community good. I know I'm kind of paraphrasing the milk ad, but I don't mean to, well, cats like milk too, but but why, why are community cats, I got to tell you, you don't know me, but Baxter is a cat that lived on the streets for 10 years in my neighborhood in Dallas. I moved here and Baxter now is part of our family. He's a black and white tuxedo. He's about 11, 11 and a half. He's like, I'm living large. I'm indoors. I love it. But he somehow, a sweet, not a bossy pants cat, survived 10 years on the streets with people like ourselves feeding and we did get them trapped and ear tipped and all that stuff, but they do a community good, don't they? They do. And, and in many ways, and I've, I've seen a lot of these well cared for community cats that much longer than 10 years. The ones I had at my house, um, they've all passed away now, but they were in their teens, well into wow. their mid teens. Um, because we know cats, when they're well cared for, when they're spayed and neutered, when they get vaccinated, when all of those things that we we do to our cats that are in our home, you know, they have a good quality of life. But they, I mean, they help, you know, we like to think of them as rodent control. <laughs> rats, rats. Rats. You rats know, say the rat, the cat's here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, some of the big rats are a challenge and there are a lot of other factors that lead to, you know, 
rat management, but the cats <laughs> can really help with that. I hear from my neighbors that we don't have enough cats outside anymore because we spayed and neutered them that we, now we have a bunch of rats. Can we get more? Um, well, and, and you're, you have a passion for helping cats, but you also have the brain power behind it. So humbly, uh, tell us you've got uh, a bachelor's and a master's from two of the best schools in the country that have amazing uh, veterinary schools. Uh, years ago, I was actually the editor of Catnip Magazine through Tufts University, and I did a lot of writing for the Cornell publication, Catwatch, which I just spilled. I just said your two colleges, sorry. But um, tell us about your degrees. Why did you pursue this and, and get a master's? I mean, this is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, like I was like a, as a kid, like so many other people, I loved animals. And so everyone told me, well, you're you love animals. You're smart. You should be a veterinarian. <laughs> like that's the only. That was path. the only gig, so, right? Only I gig in town. And I, I'm from New York State and in New York State, um, Cornell University is not just you know, an Ivy League institution. It's also our land grant institution. It is our ag school. Oh, so I didn't know that. Okay. It is, you know, the motto is we grow the Ivy. Oh, <laughs> um, I know. So I went there, at Princeton. <laughs> yeah. Intention of like going to vet school and um, later made the decision that, you know, I didn't really want to, I wanted to be a vet. I just didn't want to go to vet school which is a problem, but, yeah. um, yeah, you know, there's so many other ways you can help animals. Good, good. And getting into advocacy. So when I was, I was working for another nonprofit group doing an internship, learning about all the other ways that people can have careers with animals. And I learned of this new brand new graduate program at Tufts in animals and public policy. And I was like, well, this is for me, right? Yeah. Um, and what does that mean? Because I, I, I do think that uh, it was a game changer and it has now for the last 15 years or so. Yeah, a lot of times we don't really think about how our laws impact animals. Oh, good. Um, okay. And it's not just like the big federal laws that may protect, um, you know, like the Animal Welfare Act that may protect, um, have regulations for animals, say, in, in research, um, but even just animals in our communities. Um, say, you know, leash laws, um, what establishing local animal shelters, you know, municipal animal shelters, um, when it comes to cats, are your cats allowed to roam outdoors or not? Um, can people do trap, neuter, return programs to help those cats? So it varies by um, states and municipalities? A lot of the laws, especially that impact cats are local. Really? They're local. And that's where it's so important for people to get involved. There are communities that have bans against feeding cats outdoors. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Are you um, seriously? Why? Um, a lot of times. It seems like it's a lack of knowledge. Maybe It is. It's a misunderstanding. And this idea that, well, if people just stopped feeding the cats, they would they wouldn't be there. And. We know cats. That's not really what happens. You miss a meal. You're late for dinner. It's like if your cat is used to being fed at five o'clock, if you, they're not fed at, at five oh five, you're hearing about it, right? Yeah, because um, they have invisible watches on their paws. They, they do. They do. <laughs> um, they have all the technology. Um, so, yeah, so they know. Like, So it's not really the solution. And it usually causes other problems. Either cats are going through the trash or 
in reality, because people in general are kind, they're not going to not feed the cat. They're just going to then do it like undercover and go and dump a bunch of food out and then run away. So no one catches them. And that causes more of a nuisance. Like now there's a whole bunch of food out more than the cat can eat. But you know, if, if communities realize that if we, if we do this all above ground, if we're, you know, if, if it's legit, we can feed the cats, we can monitor them. We can make sure they're all spayed and neutered and everyone's healthy. If there's a problem with the neighbors, we can mitigate it. You know, we can fix it. Like what's, If you don't like the cat in your yard, well, that's like discourage him from going there and encourage him to stay in my house. You know, there are things we can do. Um, and a lot of these these kind of policies, I give them as kind of knee jerk reactions. It's like, well, let's just remove the cats. Like, like a lot of times the lawmakers, they don't know. They're not right. familiar. And as cat people, we need to talk to them and just explain to them about about cats, how these programs work, what we do, how we can help them. Let's let's talk about it because community cats, I said, do a community good. So you're reducing the rat and mice population and they're spreading disease. What are some, I'm going to be Arden Moore, your representative, getting ready to sponsor a bill. And Danielle Bays is here from the Humane Society of the United States. Convince me, what am I supposed to write a bill about? Well, what we would encourage people to do is to enable the people in the community um, to be able to contribute to a trap neuter return program. Don't create barriers, enable them to be able to uh, manage the cats outside, allow them to feed them, allow them to, to trap them. Um, hopefully your community will have some sort of um, subsidized low cost opportunities, maybe even free to get those cats their um, spay neuter surgery, their vaccination. Rabies is important in a lot of places. Get those cats vaccinated for rabies. It reduces public health threat. And then return to back to the same place where they came from. All right. Um, Hey, um, we're speaking with Danielle Bays. She is with the Humane Society of the United States. Fancy title, Senior Analyst for Cat Protection and Policy. We're going to talk to her more about some things we can do for our community cats and get some fun facts about cats after we take this break. So sit, her, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm having a great time talking to Danielle Bays of the Humane Society of the United States. Um, we can help community cats. We can help our own cats. Who are your cats at your home? I, is there any within uh, sh- uh, uh, anyone wanting to be a camera hound? Or did they, they already leave? They already, they already <laughs> left. They, they're on break. Um, but I have five in my house somewhere. All right. Quickly name them because they're listening. Mr. Meowgi. Vespertine, Morrissey, Tango, and Tux. Wow. How'd you come up with the names? Uh, the last two came with their names. I inherited them. Um, Mr. Miyagi is, a, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, if you don't know Karate Kid, I can't help you. And Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he came before Cobra Kai. Okay. Um, right. Vespertine, she's black and she's a little mysterious. So Vesper, like of the night. Ooh. Very okay. fitting. And Morrissey, um, he is a, was a community cat. He was a, a cat that I found outdoors. He's got a cute little ear tip. Um, he's a little dramatic and he's orange. So Morrissey is a is an honor to both 
Morris the Cat of the old Nine mm-hmm. Lives fame and Morrissey, um, their dramatic lead singer of the band The Smiths. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My cat's name's Casey. <laughs> I named well, my wife Tabby after a good friend uh, who was with the San Diego Humane Society. He and his wife had a cat named Noodles. And it was Casey is my first orange tabby. And so he's now eight and he's everything and that and more. So let's talk about, because people really, if we could do a little feline factor fiction for, for folks. You said at the top, you know, I've learned that you are a cat trivia whiz. How do you get that um, moniker? Um, I just know a lot about cats. <laughs> I think it's just exposure, just like, being around cat people, reading cat things, cat blogs, cat podcasts, cat movies, searching so, for cat trivia. It's like a hobby. All right. So you, I would love that you would be on my team because then we could win. But uh, let's do some fact or fiction. Um, cats purr only when they're happy. Oh, that is not true. That is fiction. Okay. And um, why? You know, purring is so mysterious. Um, I mean, the thought is that they really do it kind of like self-soothing. So they may do it when they're happy. They may be trying to elicit some care from people, but they also do it when they're anxious. Um, and that's something that we we don't. Is that to, do. to like self-soothe or what? Yeah, they- I mean, that's the idea. I, I, you know, one of the things about cats is it's a lot of times hard to do research with them because. They often just don't participate in the studies. <laughs> I did read a paper once where like they were trying to do some research on cats and they're like, well, the cats just decided not to participate. So we could <laughs> it's like All right. know, we walked away. But Back yeah, it's like that's yeah. self-soothing. And so it may be that they're anxious or they're not well. Okay, cool. Uh when a cat has a wound and they groom it, they're cleaning it. There's no problem. No need to go to a vet. Well, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say probably that's false. I think they probably need medical attention when you think. Uh, you know, I, I, I always think about it in the way of like, well, is that if I have a cut, am I going to go to the doctor? No, it depends on the severity. Right? Yeah. So like, look at it that way. But yeah, just because they're, you know, cat cats mouths are filled with horrible bacteria. Yes. That's why like, cat bites are horrible. Like you know, people complain about like you know, decline. One of the things they work on too is banning um, decline. And one thing the idea is like, they need these scratch is can be get infected and people who have um, immune issues, that's bad. It's like, well, cats that are decline are going to bite more. And a cat's bite is bad because their mouth is full of bacteria. So the idea that they're cleaning the wound with like their bacteria filled mouth is probably yeah, probably not like uh, effective. It's just that's the only resource they have available. <laughs> um, what do a cat's, how do cats, oh, well, here's a question. Because I saw this inside a cat's mind. It was a special, I think, on Netflix or something. It was mm-hmm. really fascinating. And I know that cats make uh, a pole vaulter look kind of so-so. <laughs> but true or false, a cat can jump the leap, can jump the height of a giraffe. I would say that's true. It is. I mean, can you tell me what is in their legs that make them boing? springs, springs, springs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those 
fascinating things. And it really shows like how cats are different from, from people and dogs. It's like, you know, you, we have these cats that are, that are, you know, my age and, you know, the equivalent years and they're jump. I mean, like, I'm like creaking and they're like <laughs> leaping over a giraffe, you know, it's like, that is our, our, our dream is to be like as agile as they are. Um, Can you imagine? Cause you know, you see sometimes a running back in football and there's a guy getting ready to tackle him and the running back who's built like a fire hydrant of muscles leaps over the guy who's going to tackle him. I'm imagining if there was feline football, can you imagine the, some of the plays cats could do? <laughs> they have a little catnip mouse in their mouth and they're going to the end zone. I don't know where I'm coming up with this, but maybe I've, I've smelled some catnip here. But what do yeah. you think about well, cats and football players? They would be awesome. Cat agility is a thing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, I, I've actually seen cat agility. I had to see it to believe it. Um, again, it's one of those things that cats don't always participate in. But, you know, when we <laughs> I'm think about it right now, uh... <laughs> that's actually what happened. <laughs> but, like, we think about like the cats being that agile, and it's like we need to give cats that stuff in our house to be able to jump up on things. And, right. You know, they don't jump up on the counter if you don't want that. We'll give them something else that they can jump exactly. up on. And exactly. Create that that with, with the term catification in your house. To yeah, we've had uh, Kate Benjamin on our show. She and Jackson Galaxy have come up with that catification because indoor I cats need to I be enriched, it. don't you think? Yes, I, we have so many great cat people out there. No, then we do. All right, here's another one. True or false? Cats don't have any sweet tooth receptors oh yeah that's true and i wish i didn't have a sweet tooth receptor but why do you think that is that's crazy um probably because they didn't um evolve in a place with a lot of um sugar cane fields <laughs> or candy bars or candy <laughs> they live bar. next to the malt shop <laughs> i mean like cats cats are are carnivores they're obligate carnivores so like their main diet is, you know, their prey and then like whatever vegetable material might be in their stomach. So, it, you know, they're probably not, um, you know, a lot of sweets, sugar content and a little mouse. All right. I don't know if you know this one, but who hears better, people, dogs or cats? Oh, I want to go with cats. It is. Ding, 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 ding. They yeah. hear at a higher pitch than dogs do, which is why they know the mouse is in the house. And dogs get all the credit for hearing and things like I know. that. That's true. Before we leave, we got about a minute left. What are a couple things cats have done to make you a better human? You know, just the, the love they give, um, the curiosity, um, the inspiration to explore the world and, and appreciate small things um you know just the excitement a cat can have about a leaf <laughs> <laughs> well i get pretty excited about a leaf too so yeah yeah I that from um, my cat casey yeah <laughs> i think that's great but also you know they they inspire me every day to help others and to help other people who are trying to help cats i um, love that tell us about how we can zero in more to get some great information to better the lives of cats and dogs we have a great website for folks who are in the um, animal professional field or advocates or want to do more. It's our humanepro.org. Humanepro.org. Okay. 
And you can go there and you can search by species and find cats and you'll get all sorts of information on um, building community cat programs, helping ban declawing, cat behavior solutions and how to help shelters, people and cats. I love it. Thank you very much for being on the show. You survived my bad puns. <laughs> Everybody, that's that's it for our show today. We want to give a pause up to our special guests. We had Carol Bryan on earlier and Danielle Bays. And I want to thank uh, Tevra Brands because they sponsor the Four-Legged Life Show. They make great products to keep pets happy and healthy. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. Arden23 at checkout. And you're going to get a special treat for you and your pet. Hey, I also thank all you pet pals for tuning in and all you stations airing our show from coast to coast. And until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.